Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program. It is good to have your company on this fabulous Friday. doesn't matter what weather it is or where you are in the world, Friday is always fabulous, I think. Even if you have to work the weekend, it just is liberating. We like liberation. So uh, that's good. Friday in Australia, but still Thursday evening, of course, in the US and very early Friday in the UK. Wherever you may be listening or watching from, it is good to have you with us. Chris Smith is my name. I've been slaving behind a hot microphone for around about, what is it, 44 years now? Uh, Unpacking politics, culture and everything in between. So I can guarantee you, you're in good hands. And then there's TNT. We do it differently here, very differently. It's not like mainstream media taking hold of government narratives and running with them on each and every occasion. We expose the truth, however uncomfortable that truth might be, and we're also standing up for freedom, free speech, and uh, uh, less control by government. That's where we're at. Thank you very much for joining us today. In this edition, what happens when you flagrantly poke the bear? So you actually sit there and poke the bear. What do you think happens? Well, a bear growls back at the very least and probably threatens to eat you and all your mates. Well, that's exactly what's happened to the Russian bear, Vladimir Putin, who has reacted to threats from both NATO and the French president with the ultimate warning of a nuclear war. And I'll look at that closely at the beginning of the program today. My special guest is LA talk radio legend from KABC, Mike Netter. We love Mike on the program. He's never short of a word, never short of a uh, fascinating theory, and we'll let him loose on the unsuspecting public today on the show. He'll be discussing the arrival at the southern border of both Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I wonder who planned their visit there first and who decided to kind of you know, spoil the party. I wonder who it was. I bet you, I bet you Trump decided to come after he heard that Joe was going. I reckon that's the way it went. Anyway, we'll find out. Um, You'll find out also what the president had to say, and I've got to say it's somewhat odd. We'll get across a stupid decision by a court to further punish a group of police officers who refused to get the COVID jab. When is this outrageous control and a lack of freedom going to stop? Um, all of that and a whole heap more with the very colourful Mike Netter. Looking forward to having him on the program. From Down Under today, the very politically incorrect commentator Jim Ball will join us. He's got lots to say about this Muslim leader in Australia. I think he might give him a short, sharp uppercut over some appalling comments related to October 7. We'll talk about that pedant. Uh, He'll also talk about whether Australian workers are lazy. Now, Australians kind of think of themselves as hard workers, but I disagree. I disagree immensely. We've become a handout society. And we'll talk to Jim Ball about what he thinks, because productivity is going nowhere in Australia. And the bastard act by supermarket giant Woolworths, yes, another one, towards Australian dairy farmers. They can't help themselves, can they? They are shysters. 
We'll talk about that. Plus, we have the mighty talkback lines, which brings you into the conversation. Be part of all of that. You can have your say. There's no ceiling on opinion, and it doesn't have to be what we are talking about. You can set the agenda. It's free. Jump on right away from the United States or Canada. Here's the number, one 201 From the UK, 033-0024-1026. And from Australia or New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. You don't need to ring your local radio station and talk to your city. You can talk to the world right here. Okay, try, pick up that telephone. Let's get this truck rolling. You're with Chris Smith. We're broadcasting live on the Global Talkback Network. TNT. Conversations to inform and include. It's meant for everyday people to understand. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Well, I do hope that the French president gets his Olympic dream later this year when the world is supposed to converge in Paris for the first games there in a century. 100 years since the last games were held in Paris. Now, I say I hope. Because the way Emmanuel Macron is sticking his pointy nose into the Russian-Ukraine conflict, the entire world by then might be in some kind of lockdown under a massive cloud of deadly radiation. I am not kidding. I am not joking. This is the scenario described precisely overnight by Russian President Vladimir Putin, who reacted publicly to Macron's statement earlier this week that the future deployment of Western ground troops to Ukraine should not be ruled out. So he's just telegraphing to the world and to Putin that we're coming to get you and the entire membership of NATO will have troops, boots on the ground and will bring our artillery as well. Talk about prodding the bear. And although the NATO chief played down what Macron said, he too has been doing everything possible to trigger some kind of World War III or possibly a nuclear war. To announce to the world, as the NATO chief did, that Ukraine is closer to being a member of NATO and it's going to happen and it will happen. And all of that just implies is that for the very reason Putin went into Ukraine we are going to shove it back in your nose. We are going to upset you more than anything because these were the very reasons why you got into Ukraine. You did not want those countries bordering uh, yours to be a member of NATO. And it was something that was discussed way back in the Ronald Reagan years when the breakdown of the USSR occurred. But of course, the West, NATO, didn't keep its promise. So these clowns could not have said anything more conducive to bringing the world closer to World War III. Well done. So after absorbing both these major threats this week from NATO, from the French president, the Russian leader decided it was time to go public on the issue at his annual State of the Nation address. Pretty good platform. But Putin cranked up the war of words one notch higher, sternly warning of a global nuclear conflict. They're talking about the possibility of sending NATO military contingents to Ukraine. But we remember the fate of those who once sent their contingents to our country. But now, the consequences for possible interventionists will be much more tragic. 
We also have weapons. They know about this. As I just said, we also have a weapon that can hit targets on their territory. And they should understand that what they're doing now, trying to scare the whole world, it does risk a conflict with nuclear weapons, which means the destruction of civilization. The destruction of civilization. Now, that reference to the fate of those who sent their troop contingents to the territory of our country, I think it's worth pointing out. It's a reminder of the failed invasions of Napoleon and also Hitler. But the fact that Putin is now threatening the end of civilization is entirely the fault of NATO and Western leaders, without a doubt. Up until now, Putin has been the only one pushing for a negotiated peace in this war. All you had to do is listen to him with Tucker Carlson. He reiterated those intentions. Since when has Vladimir Zelensky does, done the same? No, no, no. He just wants more armory, more money, he wants more tanks, he wants everything he can get hold of to ramp up the war. The words negotiation or compromise, they seem so foreign to those who don't understand why Putin got into Ukraine in the first place and can't possibly lose face. Oh, no. They can't possibly sit down and try and create a peace process. No, they've got to win. It's about winning. It's about not losing face. What a ridiculous testosterone fueled theory that is. The West blindly sees winning as the only option, while Putin simply wants what he's gained territorially, which has historic Russian roots. And of course, most of the people in those territories speak Russian. But of course, the West and NATO can't contend with any of that. In his speech, Putin cast Western leaders as reckless and irresponsible and emphasise that Russia's nuclear forces are in full readiness. Let me explain what that means. He pointed to the new Sarmat heavy intercontinental ballistic missile, along with the Burevznik atomic-powered cruise missile and the Poseidon atomic-powered nuclear-armed drone. The Russian arsenal has grown, not been diminished. But will Russian, Russia even need to take a nuclear option? if the West moves into Ukraine or attacks Moscow. Will they need to? Not according to Colonel Douglas McGregor, who spoke today on the Judging Freedom podcast. He says, even in the event of a war involving conventional weapons, the West is defenceless and will lose. If you actually provoke the Russians to the point where they feel compelled to fight back, and I'm talking about the introduction of conventional military power, we have no integrated air defenses in the eastern border of Western Europe. In other words, between us and the Russians, there is almost no air defense, air and missile defense capability. Hmm. That means that in the event that there were a conflict or confrontation and we attacked them with air power, which is what uh, a British admiral recently said uh, we might do, uh, we would lose badly because tens of thousands of missiles that we could not stop would rush through and attack every conceivable airfield, port, or installation of any military significance in Poland, Germany, Scandinavia, France, Italy, and the rest of Europe. There's nothing they can't reach. How's that for an eye-opening slab of truth for you? 
And it shows again how the West and all the bluster and threats towards Russia and against the president is not proportional to the West's ability to defend Western Europe. It's defenceless. Theirs is a very dangerous and, I think, potentially catastrophic bluff. This is TNT. TNT's Abby Roberts. People in their early 20s are more likely to be out of work because of ill health than those in their early 40s or even early 50s. Hello. Um, According to a report laying on, I wonder what could have caused that. Could it be the four years of tyrannical authoritarian, you know, people under the boot and all the jibby jab, jabby jab, jibby jib jib. That's going to make you feel ill. Do you know what I mean? And like the long COVID, which is basically... um, laziness (laughs) oh i've got a touch the amount of people that said honestly that used the covid as an excuse like do you want to come out this weekend oh no i think i'm coming down with the covid i mean good grief just get a get a bloody clue everyone abby roberts on tnt a better business tip from tnt radio the benefits of advertising on today's news talk tnt radio should be clear to businesses of any shape or size it can be accessed anywhere anytime by anybody and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity if you'd like more information about advertising on tnt radio simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch to find out more go to tntradio.live We don't rock, Rock. we talk. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. But we rock when we talk. That's fair enough, isn't it? I think it is. Less than a week until the final day of voting in the California primary. And so far, turnout statewide and in LA County is trending down. We've seen a little bit of that already. Super Tuesday is next week. For our listeners outside of America, this is the day when the greatest number of US states hold primary elections. But will voters show up to the polls? Now, LA County has 5.6 million registered voters and only 343,817 ballots have been returned with total turnout at 6% so far, which is much lower than expected. My next guest will discuss this and a whole heap more. Mike Netter, Vice Chair of Rebuild California and KABC Radio Host, is a veteran of distribution, sales and marketing. He served in senior executive roles in those industries. He's now applying his business acumen to state politics to create a powerful team of volunteers and allied organisations to further the cause of conservatism in the state of California. Mike joins us live from LA. Mike Netter, welcome back to TNT. Chris, it's great to be here tonight. And considering your opening segment that you did on Ukraine, I'm not sure I should say explosive TNT because that may have bad implications, if you will. Um, But it's funny, isn't it? Can I comment on your first segment, if you don't mind? Please do, yes. A possible nuclear war, the end of civilization. Well, let's talk a little bit of numbers since you're open. We're going to talk about turnout or lack of here in a little bit. Hmm. Something that gets lost in my not so humble opinion in the world stage. Let me start with a couple numbers. One is one. One nuclear bomb is bad. Okay, let's just put that on the table. No one should use nuclear weapons. One idiotic president of France is bad. Okay, let's put that on the table. <laughs> but one thing which really gets lost 
discussed a lot that I have one idiot present myself, Joe Biden, is how weak really the Russian economy is. And this doesn't get talked a lot about in the press. In case you're not aware, the France economy is actually bigger than the Russian economy. Um, Russia's gross national product is about 2.7. I'm sorry, two, I looked this up because every time I look it up, it doesn't change. It's the seventh biggest in the world. It's 2.2 trillion for mm -hmm. all of Russia. The United States is about 25 trillion. France is actually bigger. Russia is so poor. All they could do is pick fights. That's the dangerous part of it, right? Because they produce about $15,000 per person or even France. And let's face it, how often do the French work? Maybe a couple hours a week and they're still able <laughs> And yes, I quoted that because this year I'm not going to France. So I'm going to say that. Um, but, you know, the reality is they produce about $43,000 a person. If the French were smart and if NATO was smart, if Biden were smart, I know we'll get to all that later. They would do more to choke off Russia economically. They're really they're a really big country with 166 million people. But their economy sucks. Okay. And as much as I hate to disagree with the generals and the other power brokers who are doing the little planes and oh, we have so many planes here and so many planes there ready to go, the Russians eventually, oh, look, can we agree on one thing? That Ukraine is a much smaller country. Fair enough? Mm. That everybody thought when the war to Ukraine came along, it would be over by. Tuesday when my election's over in my state. It's gone on what for about three years now? Yeah. Because as you keep hearing, two years, excuse me, I'm getting old, but a long time. And we keep hearing, hey, how come the Russians have done it more? They ran out of gas. Literally, they ran out of gas. The mighty so our impression of how mighty Russia is. The reality is their system doesn't work. But Mike, it only takes one nuclear bomb. One nuclear bomb. To destroy bomb. part of exactly. our civilization. So if we start to really focus these countries, instead of popping off publicly, which is stupid on McConaughey's part, okay, why would you do that? Just start turning off again these economic spigots. The reality is world leaders who pontificate this is what we're going to do. Come punch me with the one punch you have left. It's just pure idiocy. Mm. It is pure idiocy when they have the opportunity quietly to do more than they're doing. Mm. And this is the problem, in my opinion, Chris. We fight a lot of this, like the world leaders, because they want to get votes or they want to get attention or they want to go to the WEF and stay in a really nice suite. <laughs> they're fighting this on the open stage instead of using the weapons that they're better at. One nuclear bomb from each side, bad thing. People die. Economic war practiced correctly will choke off the Russians as it did 20, 30 years ago into their own revolt. So I wanted to comment on that first because that's a lot of where people, I think, have an impression that Russia is big, it's mighty, it has big tanks, it has big stuff. But at the end of the day, as a world economic power, I'm going to say this, I think they're overrated. Yeah, you might be right. I think you, you, it's a very good point to make. 
especially if you're starting to think how long they could last in a serious war. They couldn't last very long at all. Uh, okay, let's talk about the voter they turnout. Do have, they do have more vodka, let's be clear. <laughs> yes, they do. Ever since that, uh, what was his name? Uh, Boris? Boris Yeltsin? Yep, Boris kept him stocked up. Yes, he did. So all let's right, talk I want to look election. at. I want to Go look ahead. at voter turnout. What are your thoughts on those statements about um, the voter turnout expected for Super Tuesday? Will it follow in the same vein as we've seen in the primaries? Do you think? Well, it's interesting. So we are California. This is part of the problem. Let's talk about California, because where Russia is the less leading economic power. I'm not proud to say California leads the nation in idiots. Okay. We have more idiots than any other state per capita on aggregate. And unfortunately, most of them serve in our government. So let's start with some basic things that if you're listening to TNT right now and you're in California, I have breaking news. Are you ready, Chris? Mm. There's an election going on. Yes, indeed. We have an election. Wake and up. Part of the Part of the problem is this. The Democrats practice voter suppression. Everyone out there, if you're not familiar with California elections, as long as I've been around since the gold rush, um, we have had elections in June and we've had elections in November. And last cycle, we switched it around when presidential years only, we have elections in March and then elections in November, every other election. So many Californians, sad as it is, aren't even aware there's an election going on. That's one having to do with low voter turnout. Yeah. Okay. It's simply the government has scrambled it a lot. Now, you want some good news out of this? Mm. The Democrats are not only idiots too, they're not turning out the Republicans and the NPPs. I follow this. This is a lot of my life, Chris. Yes, it's not as exciting as going on TNT. We follow the election feeds by county every day. One out of four voters are in Los Angeles as a 6% turnout. But California right now, with approximately four days to go, has a 9.6% turnout. Yes, you're hearing correctly. We're hoping to hit double digits. Wow. And part of the reasons for that is because LA has, yes, indeed, a 6% turnout and one out of four voters. Now, there's good news here so far. This is what the trends are showing. Just today, another person voted, so it doubled. No, wait, that didn't come out right. What <laughs> happened today is this, okay, is that what you're seeing is the Republicans the right, the conservative, and the NPP conservatives finally got the memo, please vote. Vote early, do something, just vote. So our trend line is going up. The Democrats, as a share, are staying even and going down. Now, I don't want to make this too complicated because we have a lot of records, but let me put it another way. So far, the trend's good news. So if you live let's just say in Russia or California, not much of a difference except we got a better GNP than Russia, less vodka, um, maybe. Um, the good news is I want kind of a little bit of a lower turnout because I want my side to turn out. And that's what you're seeing. 
We know that Trump is going to win the California primary. It's just a matter of how big a slaughter it is. I mean, he's running against, well, he's kind of running against Nikki Haley, but all polls show it's Trump 63, Trump 70 percent. None of the Democrats are inspired to come out for Joe Biden. I can't figure why. Mm. And then we have all these other state offices, et cetera. We need to win those to win back a lot of California. Other interesting news here. I'm going to be politically incorrect. Is that okay in your show, Chris? Yes, we love it. We encourage it. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm in the right place. It's the old people, you idiots. Let's be really clear. 65, 65 and over and 40 to 49 are making up about 50% of that vote. Now, I'm going to break a myth that I'm damn tired of hearing in California politics. All right. I realize there are many Hispanics in California. They don't vote. Okay. We can dance in front of them. We can bring in all kinds of stuff. We can write in Spanish. 13% 13% turnout, and that's optimistic what it's going to be. I also hear all the time, and I understand this, that the young people are busy rioting about Hamas. It's a lot of work. They rioted at Berkeley the other day. They broke a bunch of windows, okay? They're marching in the streets about climate change. Who's got time to vote? 18 <laughs> to 29, apparently they don't. It's a 2% turnout. So here's the problem that we have, kind of like Russia, Ukraine, but on a smaller basis, because we don't have nuclear weapons here. Well, maybe we do. Um, Is that the problem we have is the left press multiplies this voice of a small group of people who aren't actually participating in the democratic process. The 18 to 30 Hispanics are underrepresented. Well, they don't vote. You don't vote. You're probably not going to vote anybody in. So the reality is what we have right now is a normal trend line, but a good trend line that the older conservatives right now are voting at a more rapid rate. And this race in California, which has Biden and Trump and Biden's about as inspiring as well, it's, I have no words for that, actually. <laughs> anyway, you get where I'm coming from. We good do. news is our side should be more inspired. We may gain some ground in this war of philosophy. Yes, I think you might be right. It could play into the hands of the conservatives. I've got to take a quick break for news, Mike. Stay right there, and we'll come back and talk about what was seemingly some kind of election um, talk-off on the border today. We'll talk about Joe Biden and Donald Trump in the same place right after the news on TNT. Turn on the news. News, news, news flash. TNT Radio Matt News. Boyland here with your TNT headlines. Israeli soldiers have been accused of massacring starving civilians waiting for humanitarian aid in Gaza City. Breaking news in the Middle East. More than 100 people are dead and hundreds injured after Israeli forces allegedly opened fire on Palestinians waiting for food aid. Russia's accused the UK of being directly involved in the war in Ukraine and India's developed a new pill that promises to prevent the recurrence of cancer and reduce the side effects of treatment by up to 50%. The common housefly caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. 
Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Okay, I've got Mike Netto with me from KABC in LA. Mike, President Joe Biden visited the southern Texas border today, and Donald Trump also made an appearance at the border. I don't know who had the schedule before the other, so whoever came after the other one had already decided to go was doing a a degree of stirring, which I I really appreciate. Um, But Biden challenged Donald Trump on border security. Have a listen to this. What I would say to Mr. Trump, instead of playing politics with this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill We can do it together. You know and I know it's the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill this country has ever seen. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Were you convinced, Mike? Well, first off, let me be candid, Chris. I've never seen a human being fossilized on live television (laughs) as I have Biden over the last couple of years. Every time he speaks... It's literally like, my God, the man is turning to stone. If you haven't noticed this, as time goes on, he is literally turning into a statue of Joe Biden before us. If he actually were to win or the debate between him and Donald Trump should take place, let me do my Biden imitation. (laughs) He's a bit like a daddy. Sort of like the male version of a mummy, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's almost like a scary horror movie. But what I find interesting is that Biden decided to go down to Texas. Let's think about, for those not familiar with the United States, the border is very long. And the Texans said about two months ago, we've about had enough of this. And if they come over, we're just going to shoot them. Well, they didn't exactly say that. They said, we're going to put up barbed wire. Some of them might drown. I'd like to tell you we feel bad. If they come over, we're just going to shoot them. We might arrest them, but hey, we're good shots. That was kind of the crux of it, right? And 30, 23 or 30 states, even Illinois and New York, who said, hey, you know, we're kind of overflowing, agreed with Texas. So, of course, the coyotes who bring the illegals over said, well, maybe it's a bad idea to go through Texas. And what you've seen the last 40 days or so, you can look this up. If not, I'll do it for you. Legal immigration, shocking, has gone down in Texas. No one likes to get shot, even if you're being smuggled into a country. Um, And it's immigration has gone up in Arizona and California. So illegal immigration. They're storming our borders because Texas did what Texas should do. So how interesting it is that Joe Biden goes down to the Texas border and says, that's all he said, actually. Um, just, just kind of stared at the camera. I think they have a little guy behind him speaking. I'm not really quite sure anymore. Yeah. What we have is the border crisis is worse than ever. And Americans, and that's what's driving, when you talk about driving vote, that's the hyperbole I'm tired of hearing. Did you not hear what happened in San Diego last Thursday in California time? This is amazing. I got caught by Fox News literally happening. So we have NGOs, fancy word for nonprofits, or as government calls them, not my fault. We'll give you the money, but hey, <laughs> right? Housing about 550 illegal immigrants, illegals, let's cut to it, okay, 
in San Diego down by the border. And they said, hey, we're running out of money and they keep coming and we're running out of money and they keep coming. So if we don't solve it by next Thursday, we're going out of business. Well, good to their word, they went out of business. So the government, true to their word, said, hey, we're going to release 550 people we have not vetted in the county of San Diego. And we're just going to let them loose. Now, the government is in, of California and the Biden administration isn't as cold as it sounds, Chris. Mm. They gave them bus tickets and plane tickets and some of them visa cards for up to six grand. Wow. Actually tried to get a seat on the bus because that's more than I made last week, Chris. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell, man? You know, what am I doing being a legal citizen, for God's sakes? Yeah. And Newsom said, if you stay here, of course, we'll give you free health care and we'll take care of you. So I got to tell you, I kind of see where they come over. It's a really good game. And they're interviewing these guys. And they're like, yeah, I'm coming here. I might look for work. One guy says, I don't want to work. I'm from China, literally from China, walked across. And this is great. I'm getting a plane ticket to New York. You can't make this up. The comedy writers have tried to improve on it. They're done. I'm getting a free plane ticket to New York. I got put up for a week until they kicked me out of this fabulous place. And now New York, Adams just got busted because he's putting up the legal immigrants, a drum low priest and the producer in a luxury hotel on government money. Yep. Chris, I got news for you. I think you and I are doing it wrong. Yeah. I'll come to Australia and you come to the United States. We'll just swap. We both have Ritz Carlton's. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Crime does pay, you know, becoming an illegal immigrant pays. If you do things the right way and come in the right door, that is go to your consulate, go to your embassy in another part of the world, you're not going to get those advantages. It's ridiculous. It is beyond insane, but on a non-facetious point, it's highly dangerous. We are letting, I mean, you think, okay, I get it. We got a big bomb that could go off in Russia and Ukraine. We got many bombs and explosives that could go off in the United States because none of these 550 people have been vetted. And let's be clear, that's, we have approximately, the number is so insane, it's beyond belief. We have three to 400,000 coming over that we know of. There yeah. are probably another 150,000 people yep. unvetted. We have no idea where they are. We yep. don't even know what they're carrying. They carry drugs to kill our citizens, women, human trafficking, everything allegedly the left is against. And it, it it's a human tragedy beyond belief. You're right. And there. so this is what the Biden getting up there asking me my thoughts on it to sit there and blame it on anybody, mm. but his own posterior, you can yeah. fill in your own word, okay, on the idiots around him who probably should get a job in France, right, talking for the Rush, the French government, yeah. because this, it's beyond, if you think France is bad with nuclear war, which I agree with you on, by the way, it is worse what our own government is doing to our own people in the United States states with people from other countries yeah you're right if the russians it'll emerge, it'll emerge the, the closer you get to november the larger this issue will become now i want to move on california governor gavin newsom your governor is facing scrutiny over the state's new minimum wage law following a report 
that appears to have uncovered one of his longtime donors benefiting from an exemption in the law. Uh, places like Panera Bread would be exempt, right? Let's be perfectly clear, okay? First off, he's not exactly my governor, and I've liked you up to now, Chris, but I consider <laughs> that rather personal. I knew that it okay? hurt. All right. Now, here's the thing. For everybody out there, I'm going to explain this succinctly. Higher minimum wage hurts people. Restaurants are going out of business. California legislature, and, they're un- and by the way, it's just too long to go into now, and their uninfinite great wisdom passed a minimum wage law that it said if you work at any restaurant with more than 60 locations, X, X, and X, you have to jack the minimum wage to 25 bucks an hour. In other words, flipping burgers, making sandwiches. Hey, why bother to go to college? 25 bucks an hour. The exception is, are you ready for this? If you make your own bread and serve it in a restaurant. No, I'm not having a stroke. That's actually what the law says. That if you just make burgers, it's 25 bucks an hour. If you buy the buns from Panera, let's just say uh, facetiously, you pay 25 bucks an hour. But if you make your own bread, it's seven bucks an hour less. It just so happens that the only major chain that does that is, a drum roll please, boom da boom da boom is Panera Bread. It just so happens that the major franchiser of Panera Bread and an executive in the Panera Corporation Personal to me, Chris, was one of the biggest contributors to Gavin Newsom against How the recall. How funny is that? One of the ha- biggest court red-handed. And Bloomberg reported it. I've reported it. James Gallagher, the head of our Assembly Republican side, is calling for an investigation. This is the tip of the iceberg of the corruption that exists, like in Russia, like in California, when you have one party rule. Exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad he's been sprung that way. It's quite good. Now, a LA County judge has just ruled that a group of police officers who were fired for challenging the city's COVID-19 vaccination and testing mandate still cannot get their jobs back, but are entitled to some back pay because the city violated their due process rights. Why not full compensation? Well, how about this? I think they should get full compensation. But let's be very clear here. How about a full police force? LAPD is short about 2,000 officers right now. I bet. Okay. The Los Angeles Sheriff's Department is short about 1,500. First off, who wants to come work in this expletive deleted hole? And who wants to? (laughs) So here's the reality of it. This is just another fancy way of defunding the police. Not only do I want them to have their jobs back because individuals, I know them, I'm glad they stand up for their rights. I would like when I call 911, somebody to show up who's armed, not somebody to show up and try to negotiate with someone who will probably shoot them. We have a problem in that ruling, not just for the fact that they should be rehired and get their back pay, stood up for the rights, medical freedom, all really good. Chris, I'm going to be honest. I'm one selfish son of a bitch, and I want more people on the police force, and I want experienced cops 
to protect my ass. Whether they are vaxxed or not, because as we know, the people who were vaxxed got COVID anyway, so give me a break. All right, one last one, and this is a terrible, terrible reflection on the way California is governed. Macy's will be closing one of its most iconic locations, its 77-year-old store in Union Square, San Francisco, and employees are placing the blame at the rampant shoplifting. This is among the 150 locations Macy's plans to shut over the next three years. It's a tragedy. It is, but there's good news for Macy's, actually. Because of all the shoplifting in San Francisco, they don't have to have a clearance sale. Everything's been stolen. <laughs> Everything's got to go. It's going anyway. Look, no matter what Breed says, this is the problem in San Francisco. When the front of your location is littered with people doing drugs, homeless, dying on your entrance, bad luck, and the people that are alive come in and steal the stuff you're trying to sell, carrying it out, how do you think it's going to end? Now, Macy's is getting a lot of attention because it had the really cool Christmas decorations, Nordstrom's, the Hyatt. I don't have enough segments to tell you all the companies and major landmarks that have closed in downtown San Francisco. And the only upside, Chris, is that if you and I had a lot of money, we could literally buy some Bayfront property pretty cheap in a really tall 23-story building that no one else is in. And this is what happens when the leftist policies go too far. It's an extreme example. The worst part is LA has been taking lessons from them and they're not showing up to vote. In some ways, it's um, like the old adage, go woke, go broke. This is about as woke as you could go and now they've got to shut the door. Yes, and but literally, um, Mayor, you can't mayor breed, which is just a strange thing to say. She shouldn't run, be called London breed and run for mayor. But let's put that down. It's actually agreeing with a proposition we have out right now to reverse Prop 47. As you've seen, she's actually saying, well, maybe she's trying to save her job. But even the left in San Francisco is starting to come around because, frankly, who wants to live like that? Mm. It's beyond ridiculous. Mm. And unfortunately, California probably has to hit a couple bumps lower before we can get people out to vote and before we actually could turn this state around. But as I say all the time, I'm here fighting. I like my weather, Chris. It's 70 degrees out there today on the last day of February, and I like my damn weather. Good. And if they want to drive somebody out, it ain't going to be me, brother. And we are us and our group at Rebuild California are going down fighting. And everyone out there, you've got to get out there and vote. Yes. Because if you don't vote and vote for change, you are going to get rolled over. And if nothing else, you're going to get rolled over by a bunch of U-Hauls leaving the state with the people that are going out, including the rich. Yes, including Sylvester Stallone, I read the other day. How That, that says it all. Even Rocky can't handle it. He's not resilient enough, Rocky. The list, the list goes on and on. It's interesting because in case you haven't heard and we haven't talked about this tonight, I want you to get your arms around how big our budget deficit is this year okay california since gavin's been in office 
Our budget has gone up to about $310 billion a year. I'm trying to make this quick. All right. Real money deficit this year is $75 billion. Gavin preached it was $36 billion. However, he has his budget solution was simply called white out because no one's quite sure how he got, got here from there. And the actual independent office of accounting assholes, I mean, legislative analysts, but close enough, <laughs> um, said it's no, it's 75 billion and we're being optimistic. One of the reasons is because the rich people, this is shocking, Chris, they can go where the weather's nice at any time they want at any moment and aren't California residents. And they're leaving. And as Macy closes and as shoplifters steal more stuff where there's no sales tax paid and as more rich people do what they're going to do, supporting these liberal causes, guess what's happening? It's catching up rapidly economically with California. We are a state that is crashing both politically, economically, on the verge of socially it can be taken back simply because of its size and the really good weather. Um, but it's going to take people voting. Vote, yeah. vote, vote, yep. vote for change. Fantastic. That's a great message to end on. Great to have you on the program, Mike Netta. You enjoy your Friday and enjoy your weekend. Absolutely. And everyone out there, as I leave, remember, go to Rebuild California. Go to your polls. Vote your conscience. Vote for the true conservative. Because if you don't vote for change, and I'm going to say it, the liberals are going to ram change you don't like up your posterior. Vote, vote for change, vote conservative, get out there and do your civic duty. Beautiful. Mike Netta, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Good to have him on the program as usual. Radio host at KABC, Vice Chair of Rebuild California, the one, the only. Mike Netta, if you want to have something to say, I will get to the talkback line straight after a break right here on TNT. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. Latoya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Whatever happens to good, it's a word that gets thrown around a lot, and it's become our automatic answer to so much. Hey, how's things? Good. Your mum, your weekend? Good, good. Is good even that good anymore? At the Salvos, we believe good deserves better. Let's reclaim its true meaning. To us, good has always been about making a difference, and good never picks or chooses who it helps. Isn't it time we all remember what good really means? Where the story goes, we follow. Chris Smith on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. 
Let's go to Danny, who's been waiting very patiently online. Danny, thank you for calling in. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I just wanted to tell you actually how much I absolutely love the program and I love every person that um, that you have on as a speaker and um, I'm spreading the word, spreading the word. I you am. are very kind. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And but what I wanted to ask today, Chris, and, and I don't know if I'm growing crazy, but I wanted to ask you and, and, and some of your, your listeners if they have noticed what's going on in the sky with the chemtrails. Um, I see this more and more and more and, and there are a lot of people talking about it on social media. I see the lines come across in the morning. We've got a beautiful bluebird day and then sure enough the aeroplanes come over and they go from one end of the sky to the other and they leave behind a very, very thick trail. And this continues sometimes two, three, four, five times a day and then as the day goes on, those trails spread out and before too long we've got like a blanket in the sky blocking out the sun and and I've got property up north and when I go up there I see the same thing there and and I know there are people talking about it but nobody of any kind of um, you know credibility is talking about it I've contacted um, Senator Malcolm Roberts who who hasn't acknowledged anything and I just wanted to know if you had a view on that, and are you able to get somebody onto the program that has a view on that? Why don't we get someone who understands not. this area? Because I, I always thought that the, the chemical trails were simply hot and cold mixing to create vapour, but I, I might be wrong with that. That's something well, that yes, I thought and, was... And the... You're right, and that's what a lot of people say, including my own husband. But when you have a look, I mean, I've just recently been overseas and I saw it there as well. When you see uh, normal contrails come over, um, they disappear fairly quickly. But yep. these are wide and the full length of the sky from one end to the other. And then they come crisscross. They come the other way. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that I now know and I watch on social media that are saying all over the world, including one called Chemtrails, it is called chemtrails on Instagram, and they're saying that we are being poisoned. We are being... Well, it's interesting. Sprayed. Because of the air traffic in the United States, they would probably have uh, more of a concern about it. Let me try and find an expert in the US and try and get yes. them on air sometime next week, even just for a short time, to explain exactly whether this is a real danger or whether it all dissipates into space. You know, all this talk about carbon dioxide and the the impact it's having on temperature, et cetera. Well, this has got to have an impact like carbon monoxide on the lungs of the people on Earth, surely. Well, 100%. And, you know, the first time I noticed it, when it was weird, I was sitting <laughs> with my mother, my, my elderly mother in the park, and we were looking up at the sky and I noticed these aeroplanes over and over and over. And I said to mum, what on Earth? And it was literally three or four days later that all the rain started 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 and then we had the floods up at Lismore and it didn't stop and people were saying they're engineering the weather this is all on purpose so I just wanted to raise it because it is an issue for me and uh, I wanted let to me know try and find someone who can it. answer your question for you Danny okay thank you all right Appreciate you keep you listening or keep watching me. and we'll get the answers for you in the next if it's not next week I'll get it at the early part of the week after how's that Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you for spreading the word. Much appreciated.
and I won't stop. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Good on you. Appreciate that. All right, the IDF is in all sorts of trouble. Um, you've been following what we've been reporting in the news, no doubt, which is the fact that um, there was the deaths of multiple people, um, which I'm noticing is changing by the hour, but the deaths of multiple people at an area where humanitarian aid was dropped off at. Now, on top of all of that, the IDF says airdropped humanitarian aid to northern Gaza accidentally landed in Israeli territory. The aid was airdropped by the Jordanian military. They didn't have the right map, did they? Uh, due to the hot winds, some of the aid packages landed in Israeli territory, the IDF says, adding that there is no fear of a security incident. Well, it's not the fact that there's a fear of a security incident. It's what are you doing dropping aid packages into the wrong country in the wrong area, and in particular in Israel? Gee, boy, oh boy, it's been a terrible 24 hours for the Israeli Defence Force. And, you know, they're trying to argue on CNN over the last 12 hours. Oh, you know, we didn't do this there, but there was that other incident. Like, it's not defensible. And every time that something goes wrong, the IDF is much better doing what they would be told by every communications expert in the world to do, which is to fess up. Just say it as it is and tell the truth. And if things stuff up, say they stuffed up, and if you've got a decent reason for the stuff up, tell us. But this, you know, sidestep and flick pass and um, ducking and weaving, people just look at that and go, you have no credibility. We think less of you now. Stop right what you're doing. This is just awful. Now, I do want to get some information to you in relation to the state of the economy. A lot of people say, oh, inflation's up and down and going more down than up. And uh, in Australia, interest rates may go up, they may go down. I, I tell you what is a better barometer, as far as I'm concerned, from years of covering this kind of financial trends, is jobs. When jobs are lost, you can tell that the economy is lost. Have a listen to this. San Francisco. Bumble has joined dozens of US technology companies laying off 350 employees or about 7% of its workforce as part of a restructuring plan. Restructuring plan means the income doesn't allow us to pay the employees. Forget about restructuring plan. That's corporate num uh, mumbo jumbo. Tokyo, Sony Interactive Entertainment is laying off about 900 employees in its PlayStation unit alone, or 8% of its global workforce. Sony CEO Jim Ryan said in an email to employees that it had become clear changes needed to be made to continue to grow the business. In other words, we can't grow when we're losing money. So jobs will have to go instead. Sydney, Optus will slash almost 200 jobs in another round of mass redundancies. It is not the first time they've slashed jobs in the last two years. The layoffs come just months after the telco cut hundreds of positions. Optus will shed 198 staff this week alone. According to the Communication Workers Union, they include significant cuts to the company's O-Team, which was set up just three years ago to help customers install smart devices. That would be one of the most helpful customer service lines you could possibly get or establish. It's going. That's just a taste in Tokyo, in San Francisco and in Sydney of the state of the economy. Forget about interest rates, forget about inflation. I think when jobs are lost at a rapid rate, you can tell that we're going to hell economically.
Keep an eye on that, I would suggest. Let's take a break. We'll have a break for news. We'll come back after the news, and there's plenty more to come, including the very politically incorrect Jim Ball and Kira Lee Smith as well from Binary Australia, all coming up next hour on the program on TNT. 